Hey, this is Steve Balton, and welcome to the next 100 episodes of My Turning Point. Kicking it off in classic style with today's guest, John Taylor from the legendary Duran Duran. Taylor joined me to talk about the band's superb new album, Future Past, and so much more. Some of the band's greatest hits, how the band has evolved in the last 40 years, and much more. Hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Hey. Hi, Steve. How you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> hey, where are you? In Long Beach, California. Did you write that review for the uh, Austin show? Was that you? No, I did not. I'm not in Austin this year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Forbes gave us a nice review from Sunday's show, actually. But uh, anyway, never mind. Okay. All right. So how is Austin right now? Well, I mean, it's a it's a it's a people friendly town, isn't it? You know, it's it's a it's 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 a, it's very pleasant. You know, I can understand why so many Californians are are moving there. You know, it's 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 nice. I mean, it's and it's always been a sort of pop culture destination as well. You know, so um, I've had quite a good time here. Got some friends. Got some friends here. Plenty of record stores still, you know. Like, a, you can take the record store tour, you know. Record stores are still alive in this town, uh, you know. So for, for for old musos, it's it, it's a fun place. Don't call me an old muso. Did I just say just take out that old? Well, I didn't mean to say old musos. I just meant to say musos. <laughs> That's all good. I understood. So have you? Well, it's funny. I'm an old muso as well. So I actually listen to records start to finish all the way through. Oh, so yeah. I have listened to, you know, this whole record from start to finish. But before we come on to that, as a Muso fan, did you find anything good in the record stores? I did, actually. Yeah, I did. I, uh, I got, um, I, mean, I, I mean, you know, I'm quite eclectic, you know, I just, and sometimes I buy things. I don't know this artist, but, um, but I, just, I just had to have it. Oh, wow. She's an African singer. Um, but then I also got, um, the, I, you know, I love these soul jazz compilations. I don't know if you know soul jazz. So this is a Not new well. one of their, this is a lover's rock. They're in London based company and all of their compilations are amazing. I'm also seriously in love with Agnes O'Bell. Do you know, I don't know if you know her, but yeah. and then, and then for you eighties fans, digitally remastered 40th anniversary version of Ultravox's Vienna, which includes an instrumental version of the album on a separate disc. <laughs> See, I love that. And it's so funny because I just interviewed Nick about the project he's been doing with Wendy. And this ties in, you know, and anytime you get a collection of musicians who have these wildly eclectic influences, you know, it's funny when you go through future past, are there moments where you hear these, you know, crazy mixes of, you know, wild sweeping orchestral Stanley Kubrick inspired scores and jazz soul collections. And, you know, exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, it's funny, you know, you, um, hmm, you know, especially standing back and, 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 you know, once I, once I really got to listen to the album as a whole, once we'd, we'd mastered it and delivered it, you know, that's for me when I started to see all the influences and all the all, all the unconscious homages. You know, 
And those, as you say, those kind of mashups almost, you know, where Atari boy meets Susie and the Banshees, you know, and, 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 you know, whatever it is, or the David Bowie tribute that the last song turns out unwittingly too big. Um, um, it's, um, I, I, I guess when we're, when we're doing it, you know, when we're in the, you know, when we're up to our necks in it and we're just, just trying to, each of us is just trying to come up with the, the next best part. Um, you know, you're just trying, you, you're not really thinking, well, what about if we do something like this? You know, you're just trying to, you know, you're just trying to do the best thing that you can do. But, you know, you know, after it's all done and dusted, it's sort of easier to see, oh, God, I see where that was where I was coming from there, you know. And and actually with this particular album, I, I really rather like it. I, I really like that it's that it's quite a, that it's almost got the the whole journey in a way. I mean, I mean, even the 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 the, um, the vinyl version of the album, which we had, to, which was the first thing that we mastered. You know, it, it was a tense. We had to, it had to be a ten song version of the album. You know, which was kind of frustrating because, you know, we'd been preparing like a twelve and fifteen song, but the first the first side of the vinyl album is just the first five songs. So it's from Invisible to Future Past. And I feel even in that, even in those five songs, you kind of get the journey of the band. Um, so, you know, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot in it, this one. You know, it's a very, it's a very personal album. It's, I think it's something that, and, and you know, to say that as a group album is quite a difficult thing to do. You know, you know, for me to be able to feel, to, to say to you about one of our albums, it's a very personal album. You know, it's quite difficult um, because I'm the bass player, you know, and typically we think, well, how does a personality express itself in music, in contemporary music? Well, it's probably through the vocals and the lyrics, you know, but but we were blessed really with this album, you know, to get, to get started with Errol Alcan, who had a very, very classical approach to production on this record. Took hours getting the bass sound. You know, it took hours, like, fucking beating the shit out of me, getting bass performances out of me. Wasn't interested in cutting, really interested in cutting and pacing or taking any, making any shortcuts. Did the same thing with the, he did the same thing with the drums. He did the same thing with the guitars. It was painstaking. It was painful half the time. But, you know, I feel that, like, you know, to get performances, to, to, to be able to actually, if you are so, if you so desire, to be able to immerse yourself in the music and actually hear oh, with Graham Coxon and Nick Rhodes and John Taylor, and, <laughs> you know, and actually be able to hear that in the music. That's not easy today. You know, that's almost, that's like progressive rock, you know, that's progressive. So, the, and actually, you know what, I don't even mind using that term progressive. This is a progressive pop rock record, you know, and, and I think one of the reasons is because you can really hear what the individual musicians are contributing. And that's quite, I feel that's, that's happening less today. Let's put it that way. Well, I agree hundred percent, but it's interesting on many levels because first of all, right. I talk about this musicians all the time. The reality is that unless you have an injury or you lose, uh, you know, or like your voice, you're a singer and you lose your voice as a musician, you get better as you get older because simply you have more practice. And it was Neil Young and Carlos Santana who first kind of pointed that out to me. And they're talking about the fact they were both so much better guitar players. So I'm sure for you personally, when you go back and hear this record, 
you can hear you're a way different and probably more skilled bass player than you were when you were doing Reflex with Niall Rogers, who's a friend 30-something years ago. Well, there's a spirit that you have when you're starting out, you know, and, you know, Duran were unusual. I mean, we, we had so much success at such a young age. I mean, I'd been playing bass for maybe a year and a half when we went into the studio to make that first album. Um, you know, I just played everything that I, I knew how to play at that point. And, and I, I think that's always exciting. And it's always exciting when you hear, you know, young people just playing whatever it is that they know how to play. You know what I mean? That's why we love seeing kids give, give performances of, you know, because it's, it's so sincere, but it's fragile, you know, it's fragile. And it's, but, um, and then you, and then, and then, you know, then you kind of, then you kind of get a little self-conscious, you know, and then suddenly you're like, you're out there and everybody's like talking about it what you do and and you start comparing yourself i remember i remember i started hanging out in the power station in new york and and starting to hear all these session musicians you know and I, suddenly i'm thinking about about all these like incredible you know musical cats you know that are just like and i started thinking oh i started thinking less of myself in comparison you know and and then the next thing was the rise of the of the of the of the, of the, of the uh uh, of like the, the 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 sampler and the drum machine. Suddenly, everybody's like, you know, everybody's programming fucking, you know, funky bass lines, you know, and you know, it's been a, you know, it's been, it's a, it's a journey. I think it's a journey for any instrumentalist, really. Uh, it doesn't matter what you play. Um, I mean, I've been saying for years, I feel like I'm going the way of the cellist. You know, you know, it's like it's like we're like an endangered species, electric bass. But when we got, like I said, when we got started on this record, I, I, I was suddenly aware that that I was I was in the studio with a producer who wasn't interested in, you know, who was really interested in me as a musical personality, and he was interested in bringing out the absolute best that I had to give and representing that on on on, on the album. So that made me feel really good, and that kind of inspired me to to just, you know, be the best version of myself I could be. Well, it's interesting when you go back then and listen to this record, because like you say, when you're making it, right, you have no perspective on it. It's funny that you can even, it's almost funny in a way that you can get perspective on it now. Because like I was interviewing Ani DeFranco a few months ago and I was asking her about the new album and she was like, I don't know, ask me in 20 years. You know, Brandon Boyd from Incubus tells uh -huh. me it takes him a year or two, you know, to figure out what an Incubus record is about. It's so different for everybody as yeah. to when they can really sort of gauge a record. And even, I'm sure, when you go back to earlier stuff, it's probably changed for you over the years as well, and we'll come on to that in a minute. But when you go back and listen to Future Past then, are there things in there that surprise you? That, you know, again, because you had this producer who was bringing out the best in you, are there particular moments on this record? And also, by the way, not just for you, but then when you have a producer that, as a band, you vibe with, are there things overall from the rest of the band that surprise you as well, pleasantly? Well, look, it's a snapshot, you know, songs are a snapshot, performances are a snapshot. I mean, it's all like, it's like, it's frozen in time, isn't it? You know, and the whole album is. And, you know, and there's going to be, you know, I'm in the honeymoon period right now where I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah, but then time, I'm going to be like, fuck, you know what, I should have done that differently. And you know what, I could have, you know, one of the things is, is that then you start playing them. I mean, I'm playing songs 
you know, like we're playing, you know, playing Notorious. And the way that I play it now, I play it quite differently to the way that I played on the album. You know, and it's taken me sort of 20 years to go, you know what, you don't need to do that. You know, I mean, it's actually made me, I mean, funnily enough, I was thinking about, I mean, you're, if you're a musician, so perhaps you'll relate. I, I, I had a, I had a, I had a back injury uh, a couple of months ago and, and, I, and, and it was really fucked me up. And I, and I started, I went into rehearsals and we had a very, very intense rehearsal period um, leading up to these shows in the UK. And I was being very careful. So I started playing much more economically than I would normally play, you know, and, 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 and actually I found that I kind of like, unknowingly kind of shook off a few kind of little adolescent habits that I kept hold of, you know, and I actually realized like, you don't need to do that. And, and I think also, you know, and this is going to sound kind of naive, but still for me, the discovery that space in music is volume, you know, it equals power, you know, that, that, you know, you spend, you know, you spend, most of your time thinking, how can I fill this, this space with my own power? But, you know, I've come to understand, you know, that, that it's the spaces, the space. Man, we fought so hard over making space on this record. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, I mean, you know, DJs understand that, you know, DJs, I mean, producers understand that, but, but like, you know, we're all like, we're all playing at the same time, you know, and we're all trying to be clever, you know, and like, you know, the producer's got to make space out of that, you know? So, I mean, I'm, I feel like I am still growing as a musician to your point earlier, you know, and, um, you know, I'm definitely not the player that I was when I was 21. I loved that player. There could have only been one, you know, one kid that was playing, you know, that knew about as much, that knew knew as much about the bass as Sid Vicious, but wanted to sound like Bernard Edwards, you know, or James Jameson. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous what I was trying to achieve with, with such a little amount of technique. But I kind of love that. You know, I, I, I love the spirit of that. Um, but, you know, now we're all trying to be, you know, look dignified and be age appropriate, aren't we? You know, and, and be cool and still make people dance, still get people dancing. You know, see, that's hilarious. I mean, that's fascinating to me about the space, right? Because Joe and I were just talking about that before you came on. Right now, I'm at a place where I tend to gravitate to quieter music. So I love Fallen. I love um, the title track. Um, you know, Tonight United. It's interesting. I love the stuff, the faster stuff as well. Because, like, for example, I've interviewed Giorgio. I've been to his house. He's amazing. You know, I love the energy, too, of, like, um, which was the... oh. Hammerhead, but for me personally, I think just being a little older. Also, I don't know. I think COVID just mellowed people the fuck out. Yeah, so yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's interesting though with the space. It's funny for you. Was there a point as a musician that as you got older, you start to appreciate that? Because like I always use, for example, Plastic Ono Band as as sort of the to me that's the most punk rock album ever made because mm. it's the hardest album in mm. its quietness. Yeah. Yeah, and was a big influence on the Ziggy Stardust album in terms of sound. Um, so for you as I mean, a musician, I, was there a point where you started to notice that quiet and the space becoming more powerful? Well, it's been an, evolu it's been an evolving uh, awareness, shall we say, you know. Um, 
I mean, we haven't reached, you know, I think we still, we still kind of have that tendency rather like the Rolling Stones to sort of like, we almost like we want to sort of front load our albums with tempo, you know? So, so, you know, just so, you know, cause like it, it's the best, it seems like it's the quickest kind of response to you know, ageism is play fast, you know, play fast and loud, you know? So I think we te- have a tendency to, you know, there's this kind of standard. I mean, the opening track on the album, I mean, Invisible actually by our standards is like a slow tempo, you know, you know, and right as we were mixing it, you know, somebody ups and says, I think it needs to be faster. It's like, no, we're going to lose the space. You know, but um, I mean, I, 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 I'm like listening to like classical music, you know, at the moment I'm just listening to, you know, beautifully engineered contemporary, you know, classical musicians, you know, I'm really, really digging that interplay um, and really, really, really appreciating the, um, you know, the, uh, the expression of that and i'm trying to find a, a a through line you know between you know what i do you know because i i find myself back on the road my world and suddenly my life is all about bass again you know and um you know so you know i mean i definitely feel part of a a lineage i suppose you could say a bassist but you know but um i mean you know i mean I mean, we're all we're all music fans in this band. You know, we all take music super seriously, and and nobody sits at home playing Ziggy Stardust all night. I mean, you just can't do that. You know, you've got to. You, you know, to me, it's all about discovery. You know, I mean, I like waking up in the morning and listening to something I've never heard before. You know, that that to me is the the adventure of it all. You know, um, you know, that's it's all about that for me. And so when you do a festival like ACL then, for example, is there stuff that you've discovered there? I mean, you know, it becomes, I mean, it's quite an athletic kind of, you know, that aspect of what we do is quite athletic, really. You know, and it becomes all about energy and and like energy management, you know, you're, you're, you're walking out onto a stage and you're like, holy fuck, this is a big stage, you know? And, and, and you know, and, and, and still, you know, and we're still learning, you know, we're still learning how to, I mean, I mean, we can, you know, put us in an arena, an arena and we know what the fuck we're doing, you know, but, but like in a big, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a gig like that, it's, you know, it's, I'm also still wrapping my mind around, you know, not being able to, you know, barely being able to see the, 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 the audience, you know, I, I, I do love that kind of, I like eyeballing the audience, you know, I get a lot of energy from that, you know, when I'm on stage, um, you know, you don't, you know, you've got to go, it's like you're flying blind a little bit on the bigger stages, you know, because you don't have that. You can see, you can see the sea of people and they seem to be, they seem to be into it, but it's not quite the same as when you're in a smaller venue and you can see, you know, you can really lock eyes with, with people and you can see the joy in it, you know, um, so that's that for me is you know I'm still learning how to how to do what I do on the on those bigger stages um, uh, and you know technically it's also challenging 
um, especially as we're just we're just getting rolling. You know, we're not we're not like in the middle of a of a run of of shows. You know, that where we've been playing for you know a couple of months. You know, it's like we had a very sharp ramp up to the Isle of Wight Festival in the UK, and then we came over here and did this. But you know, it's what we've wanted to do for a long time. These kinds of you know playing these kinds of gigs, you know, it's been something we've been working towards for a while. So, you know, but then you get there and you're like, fuck, this is challenging in a whole bunch of, you know, in, in, in ways I hadn't considered. Well, it's funny from an audience standpoint, it's challenging as well. I was just joking about this with friends the other day, because I've done like 17 out of 20 Coachellas. I've now gone back to festivals post and I'm like post COVID. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I don't have the stamina I did when yeah. I was younger, but it's interesting because I actually, when I was asking you about discovery, I meant from a music standpoint, because you were talking about discovery, but something you just said was really interesting, because, right, I've talked about this with everyone from Iggy Pop to ACDC, and when you're playing for younger audiences, and you're seeing the show through their eyes for the first time, it can be very invigorating. So for you, when you're playing to an audience that's maybe there to see Billy, you know, or, um, you know, Tyler, the creator or Greta Van Fleet or some of these younger audiences and they're discovering Duran Duran for the first time. And sometimes they're in that mode where they're just like, oh shit, I didn't even know you guys sang this. And they start freaking yeah. out to songs. How invigorating is that for you as a musician to see it through the eyes of kids who are discovering Duran Duran still? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we do them really. Um, I think that's, you know, I, I mean, that's amazing, you know, and, and we're always looking to cross over. I mean, you're always looking to, you know, I, I don't know, I guess it's just, it's something in the ingrained in you, you know, you're always looking to, to, to find a new, to, to, do, to, to, to convert, to make a new conversion, you know? Um, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I mean, I don't know when I'm looking out there. I don't know whether they're there, whether they have any idea of who we, of who we are. I mean, I mean, talk about, you know, back to the album. I mean, like we had, uh, you know, we had this um, London female rap artist come in and sing with us, Ivorian Doll, and you know, we reached out to her. She was one of a couple of artists that we thought could be interesting to do something on the song Hammerhead, and. Uh, you know, and she and she she was up for it. She agreed. She came with her, you know, with two members of it, a producer and a lyricist. And I mean, honestly, Steve, I don't think she really knew who we were. I, 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 I it's like in my in, in my sort of untrustworthy memory, I imagine her saying, "My mom said I had to do this," you know, and it being like, you know, and it was like, "Well, good," you know. And by the end, she was like, "Ah, so this is what a rock band's like." You know, I mean, it was an entirely different experience. But, but also for her, having her in the room with us and having that level of naivete, that naivete, like I was telling you that I was back, you know, that, you know, once, you know, when I just started, having that, le that kind of innocence is really charming and strange. And it, and, and it is kind of inspiring in a way because, because, I mean, God, I mean, like I remember like 1985, 86, We've been, you know, we've been making music for six years, and like the fucking press were like, or well, you know, people were like, "Why are you still playing girls on film?" It's a fucking over, man. You're over, you know. Oh god, that old shit. You know, it was old, passe. You know, and and we'd be like, "Wow, we're just getting going," you know. 
And um, it's so weird how that, you know, because I guess that, you know, back then at least, you know, there was this sense that, you know, pop music was super ephemeral. And, you know, by definition, it, it was here today, come tomorrow, you know. But we've had to change ever, ever, all of our beliefs about pop culture, really, because all of that ephemeral shit is still great, you know, and people still want to hear the Stones play Jumping Jack Flash, and they still want to go to museums to see Andy Warhol's electric chair, you know, and they still want to watch, you know, James Bond, you know, and, and, and it, it, there's something about it. it, it it's, not, it's not as ephemeral as we thought it was. And we've also watched all those musicians of those, those those ages go that we thought even the ones that said I won't be doing this when I'm twenty when I'm thirty, like Pete Townsend, you know, you know, who got to thirty and was like, oh fuck, I still really like doing this, but I won't do it anymore if Keith dies, if anything happens to Keith, and then Keith and then Keith dies and he's like, but I still really like doing it. What do you think, Rog? I think we've got to get a new drummer, you know. I mean, and I'm not judging. I'm just saying I watched that unfold, you know, how, you know, 77, Sex Pistols, everything went out. Everything was out. Everything that came before was out. And then really rather quickly, new wave, post-punk, new romantic, techno, everything started coming back in again. But with a slightly less precious kind of attitude. You know, like you didn't really have to know as many chords as Steve Howe to be able to justify getting on a stage. <laughs> well, I'm laughing at that because I, to me personally, I'm sorry. I, prog rock is my least favorite type of music ever invented. So, really? yeah, I, I, you know, so the fact that you know less chords than Steve, that anybody knows less chords than Steve. Because it always felt to me, prog rock then going into jam bands, it feels so damn self-indulgent. It literally was like, look at everything I can do. Well, but, you know, I have to say, I, 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 I've always rather liked prog. I think it's the Englishman in me. But, you know, I like some, I always liked Genesis with, with, with Gabriel, but I never really liked Yes, for instance. I've always liked King Crimson. I've always found them very interesting. And, you know, I've always liked Van de Graaff Generator. To me, they're a very darkly interesting underground band. You know, I, I, so you know, I, I, I've always had a and I and I and I quite and there are ways to do, um, you, you know, I mean, like like Supper's Ready, that Genesis track on Foxtrot. You know, I mean, I I can't help myself. I still, you know, you've got five guys, you know, that have this ambition to create you know, this, 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 this moving, this piece of theater, musical theater, really. Um, but, you know, I, I've got this certain, you know, I wouldn't say carte blanche, you know, I like prog rock, but I'm not, I'm equally, I, I, I mean, I like anything if it's done with, you know, enough energy and wit, I suppose, and style. Yeah. It's all just a matter of taste. It's funny because actually, I wasn't a Genesis Gabriel fan, massive Peter Gabriel fan. Wasn't a yeah. Yes fan, but I also yeah. freaking love the band Asia. So, you know, right. but yeah, it's, yeah. and I think it was I because mean, it was, I was, I was sorry, I was just gonna say it's more song structure. That's why. But, you know, I mean, I never liked Yes, but then again, I love Close to the Edge. You know, I, and I mean, that is a beauty, you know, of its, of just of its, you know, and I mean, 
you know, actually, I actually, I love Chris Squire as a bass player. You know, I love some of his runs. I mean, he's a, he's a fucking amazing bass player, you know, but you know, so is Lemmy. I mean, you know, there's so much you can, you know, I mean, the thing is, if you've taken the Kool-Aid, I mean, you can go on forever, can't you? Because, you know, you can find it. It's like, I don't know the last time I ran out of inspiration, really. You know, I mean, I get tired sometimes, but I mean, essentially, you know, I know that I, I, I always know I can go to music and I can find it. You know, it's a pretty amazing thing, really. It's, you know, that when you've, when you have that, um, when you've made that connection with an art form, I mean, you know, I mean, our band really, I mean, we're everything we do. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's just because we're fans. We're just, we're just crazy fans. And, you know, we were crazy fans in our teens, you know, and certainly Nick and I, you know, I mean, we never thought of ourselves as musicians. We'd never had a lesson. We never had any of that, you know, but, I don't know. I guess there was a moment, you know, where suddenly it seemed like I, I, I would say it's like the stages got lower and the standards, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, the, 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 the price of admission got, got lower and it was like, you know what, we can, we can do this. And then we were lucky. I mean, you know, Andy, Andy was a hell of a musician and he'd been playing a long time and Simon's been singing since he was four, you know? So, you know, I mean, it's like he charms good, but you know, certain level of technique is necessary also. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Was there a moment for you then as are there songs that you go back through the catalog where you sort of hear that musicianship improve and you start to become, look, cause like you say, you start off very young, you have this ridiculous amount of success. It's funny, Billy Idol, who I know you've known for years and I, he and I were just had this lengthy interview about how, you know, he's enjoying music so much more now because MTV almost killed it, you know, like having that level of fame. So it's interesting when you go back through the years, like it's funny for me, if I'm going to pick a favorite Duran Duran song of all time, it's probably Come Undone. You know, mm. it's just such an amazing, beautiful song. You know, so for you, are there moments in there that you hear where you guys started to grow into the band that you want to be? Well, I think you're always a little bit behind. You know, it's, 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 it's you know, there are, there are albums the Rio album, for instance, you know, and there are songs where you think, wow, you know, I really got on top of it there. But I don't know, a lot, a lot more often I'm finding, I, I, I feel like I come up short a little bit. I'm just striving, you know, to be more than what I can actually deliver. But I, I don't, I don't think, I don't judge myself on that because I think that, you know, I think every artist feels like that. You know, every artist knows where their ideas come from. You know, it doesn't matter who you are and what people are saying about you. You know where you nicked it. You know, so like, you know, you know, and 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 and, and, and striving. I think his part is like a, I mean, a personality essential for for somebody that sets out on life's journey and said, I'm going to try to sell the things that I make. You know. You know, whatever it is, if you're a writer or a painter or a filmmaker or whatever, I mean, it's pretty, you know, you decide, yeah, well, I'm going to do stuff that people are going to, you know, that people are going to like. You know, no, I don't want to be a, you know, I don't want to work in, a, I don't want to be an accountant. I don't want to work in an office. I don't want to work, do this. I want to, out of my head, I'm going to invent this stuff that, 
you know, that people are going to like. That's a, you know, you've already got to have a pretty good sense, pretty big sense of yourself. But I think, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, I'm glad to be with these guys. You know, they, they, they're, they're amazing. You know, they're all, you know, super talented and, and I mean, and energetic and passionate, you know, I mean, I think that's the key really, you know, I mean, I don't think the world expects Duran Duran to be virtuosic, you know, I think, I think, I think people got, I think the world got Duran Duran pretty quickly, you know, and you know, and they were like, and, and, and like a lot of people were like, we really like it. We, you know, they really, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm running out of, I'm running out of talk, but you know, I think like, you know, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be what your audience wants you to be, but you know, you've also got to, got to be the best version of yourself that you can be. So you kind of got to, you've got to keep striving in a way. But, you know, it's, you know, when you've got a band dynamic, it's kind of tricky because, you know, if I'd have decided, like, like in 1988, I was going to be absolutely, I was going to be a bass player on a par with, you know, the best bass players in the world. And I decided I was going to put five hours a day into practicing bass. Well, if I'd have brought that back to the next band recording session, I mean, it probably would have been a complete waste of time. You know, because that's not what that's not what this gig requires. You know, you know, to m m most of the time it just requires like a, an ability to communicate with my partners. You know, we need to be able to communicate with each other. You know, and, and respect each other. You know, and just allow each other to express ourselves. You know, it's um, I don't know. It's a it, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic and. You know, we're not unique, but we are unusual in that, you know, we we come at our our process. It's very much, it's like, it's like we're like equal equal partners and we all come at it with like sort of equal creative weight. You know, I've been doing a lot of interviews lately and I was saying to somebody, you know, like you could interview each of us, you know, about this new album. I said, it'd be like Rashomon you'd get a completely different story because the bullet points for each of us would be different. And those significant moments would be different for each of us, you know, but it's that whole thing. When you kind of put it together, then you get this three dimensional entity in it. It's not really three dimensional, but yeah. I think we're running out of, I think, I'm, I think, <laughs> I think we're running out of time, Steve. We are. So we'll make this last question and wrap up on the album, but for you, when you go back then and listen to Future Passes or Future Unite is a whole thing, right? When you hear, it, it's interesting what you say about both, you know, being the version of Duran Duran that of course people want, but also keeping yourselves entertained and making sure that you're challenged. Because if you make a record that, you know, you feel that only people want to hear, fans can hear that a mile away. They can tell. So are there those moments for you where you see the trick? Because also, by the way, look, every artist is a perfectionist. So every artist always feels that they're a little bit short and they're just working towards what they want to be. They kind of use them as building blocks. So for you on this record, what are a couple of those moments where you see the two merge most successfully? The version of Duran Duran that everybody wants with the version that you guys want to be in 2021. 
you know, it's interesting about that perfectionism thing because I was, I was thinking in COVID, in lockdown, I was thinking a lot about art and I was doing a lot of drawing and painting and I was, I was trying to, you know, and I was thinking like, well, what is it, you know, what is it that I really, really like, you know, in a, in a painting, you know, and actually what I like, I like it. I like, I like paintings when they're unfinished, you know, I like, I like paintings that are like, that are not, you know, where it's almost like the, 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 the artist either couldn't quite resolve the, you know, the, the, the issue that he was having. So in frustration, he just sort of walked away from the canvas, you know, like, like Matisse's Notre Dame, you know, or, or he, he just, you know, and, and I, so for me, you know, that, that kind of perfectionism where everything is like perfectly rendered sort of belongs in the 19th century. Um, I like rough edges. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, I mean, uh, on this album, I mean, I mean, we fight, man. we fucking fight in the studio, you know, we'll fight over, you know, one day, you know, one guy will be saying, no, we can do this. You know, let's just have voice and violin. And somebody will say, we need, you can't have voice and violin. We need the drum. We need the drums. And somebody will say, well, what about if we just have the kick drum? You know, I mean, God forbid we should just have the voice and the violin, you know. And then the next day, the argument will be completely reversed. And, you know, it's, 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 it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, we're just, it's just a, an experimental sort of arts lab, our studio is in a way, you know. And, you know, you've got four guys that are growing, you know, that are still like seeking and searching, trying to do something, you know, that have been very much influenced by this insane fame ride they had in their early 20s you know so you know it's quite it's quite you know getting out from under that i mean i feel we found a we found a way through with this album you know i think this album honors who we it honors our past but it does honor our present you know it doesn't sound i don't feel you know like i said I, i'm not hearing shortcuts i'm hearing you know, I'm, I'm hearing painstaking, you know, I'm hearing detail, you know, and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of that. You know, it, it was a, you know, albums for us are never easy to make. This was a bitch, but, you know, we got, we got that break, you know, we got a nine month break, which we would never have chosen to take. And it was a silver lining for us really, because when we came back, that idea of being a, you know, of being a survivor was, was like really amplified by us all being in the lockdown experience. And there was something just, it kind of took a little bit of the, the sort of the, the, the romance out of what we do. It was like, Hey, we've got a job to do and let's just get it done. You know? And I, and I felt that was in a way, strangely refreshing to being, Oh, you know, we this has got to be the masterpiece. This has got to be, this is, you know, it's like, you know what? We're entertainers. We're musicians. We're artists. Let's just get a fucking thing done so we can, so we can move on and get the people dancing again. I'm going to leave it right there. Cool. That's a good wrap up note. Anything you want to add? We didn't talk about. No, 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 I'm good. I appreciate your time. Yeah, no, I appreciate yours. Thanks so much, man. Have a good one. Thanks, Steve. Be good. Bye.
Hey, this is Steve Balton. You've been listening to My Turning Point with special guest John Taylor from Duran Duran. Finding the perfect project manager isn't easy. But at Upwork, we found him. He's in Adelaide. Between his color-coordinated sticky note collection and the cutest box lunch we have ever seen. And you can find him right now on Upwork.com. When the world is your workforce, finding the perfect project manager, designer, developer, or whomever you may need tends to fall right into place. Find top-rated talent who can start today on Upwork.com. It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed. And that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app. Or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.